0: hi everyone um welcome to talk about life and today we've got uh, dr Ayman again uh, thank her for uh, her many uh, appearances as a guest and because she's so eloquent um i love her being here because she's able to articulate very complex uh concepts uh philosophical concepts uh due to her training of a medical background but now we're talking about a social issue and i would like to use her talent again So explore these social issues that is very current uh, and also very relevant for myself being a woman and being uh, an Asian and today's topic is Asian Muslim women and uh, you know uh, in Singapore um, we have a a diversity of of faith and uh, Muslim is a big part of the Muslim community is a big part of Singapore and a big part of our lives here. So I'd like um, uh, Dr. Ayman to actually share this to the world, not only in Singapore, because Singapore is just a small dot. not everybody comes here, you know, and not many people take the time to understand the community. It takes a lot of investment to understand someone who is different from you. Um, talk about understanding your husband. It takes a long time to even understand your husband. Someone who sleeps beside you every day. So what about, you know, that, that the, the immense differences that we see each other from uh, a big part of the world. From across the globe, people who look different, sound different, speak of a different language and we dress differently. So, you know, the topic of uh, Asian Muslim woman is a good topic. And I would like her to share this uh, with us uh, as a viewers and come back again as and when she feels uh, pleased and as and when she feels uh, there's an issue to talk about. I'm always uh, uh, embracing of uh, people to talk about their faith um, in a very open, honest way um, uh, to all of us viewers so that we can find commonalities um, in the perception of differences, that we can find common grounds and in the end, I always say, you know, at the end, nobody lives forever. Whatever you are, no matter you are the prince or the kings or the queen, you know, um, we all go back to the earth. We all are ashes and dust. So doesn't that tell us that we're all the same? And then I also have another analogy. Um, when you go to the toilet, don't we all do the same stuff? <laughs> so, you know, at the end of us, Uh, you know there is a lot of commonalities and let's try to search for commonalities um, in this very strange phenomenon of the world and uh, i'm going to give the floor to uh, dr Ayman about uh, asian muslim woman and today i'd like to ask her about what are some misconceptions in her mind about Muslim Asian women. There are three parts of it, three factors, right? Muslim, Asian, and women. What are the some of the misconceptions that she did talk about it in the last uh, episode, and then uh, describe the development of the Muslim women, Asian Muslim women now, uh, as compared to the past. What is the uh, uh, development? What are the strides? that uh, this group of a segment of uh, people we're talking about Asian Muslim women have done from the past to the present and what does she see for the future and uh, give us some of these examples of um, uh, professions that have made strikes uh, in uh, three sectors um, for the Asian uh, Muslim women and then probably a couple of figures um, that we feel that uh, as viewers as listeners we have some names and some faces that we can identify what she is trying to explain and that kind of solves a lot of uh, demystification demystification if there's such a word Um, and then finally in conclusion how can asian muslim woman be seen right it's like a marketing and branding thing again be seen by the world as progressive relevant uh, and thus global
1: uh, community. Right, the floor is yours, Dr. Island. Thank you Vicky for having me on your podcast again and it's always lovely to be with you and being on your podcast. So yeah, starting from the Asian Muslim woman and the first thing that you asked me was what are the misconceptions that are associated with Asian Muslim woman? I think the biggest misconception which is associated with Uh, not even with Asian Muslim but all the Muslim women in any part of the world is that we are being oppressed or we are Mm. being controlled by the men in our community we live in very patriarchal societies and Mm. we are being suppressed by a system Mm. but in reality if I would tell you that Islam is one of the best religion that protects women in every way that it can so we are not in, in any form oppressed, suppressed are being controlled (laughs) by men in our society so men overall in any society could be controlling and could suppress any kind of woman they have been honor killing in France of women for so many years and these are not Muslim women right so in same way there might be some brutal men in any community which can be oppressive towards their women but overall if you will talk to me about Muslim women condition I would say that Muslim women are performing in every field. We are in education, we are in sports, we are in medicine. Recently, there has been a list of um, 100 influential women in a uh, BBC that has launched been BBC, the 100 influential women. And of those 100 influential women all over the world, only just yet from asia there were 20 muslim women right so i'm not talking about the whole world the number could go more uh, if i'm talking about the whole world but just in the list 100 women were from asia and these are asian muslim women they are performing even there is one woman and i want to um, point out her that's reena Akhtar. she is sex worker from bangladesh she is asian muslim woman from bangladesh so at early childhood, she was uh, pushed into prostitution. She was uh, actually kidnapped and was sold into prostitution. But later, she found her way out, and now she's working to educate other prostitute workers in Bangladesh in about condoms, about contraceptives, about how to secure themselves, their rights. So you see, there are women in every aspect of life. Like there are. So. The, often people assume that if a, if a Muslim woman is wearing hijab, she is wearing jilbab, she is covering herself that means that she does not have control on what she can do or that the men in her society are actually teaching her what to do but this is not the case. So hijab is something that is being made by Islam for Muslim women but they, we have a choice, we do have a choice to wear it or don't wear it anytime, right? So like, I am a Muslim woman, I am coming from Afro-Asian, South-Asian, Arab background and I am not wearing any kind of hijab in front of you. So there are a lot of hundreds and thousands of Muslim women that does not wear any kind of hijab or that does not cover themselves. They go out, they work with men. Even recently, NASA, that one of the top most scientists that is going to visit moon soon, the satellite soon, is one of the most Asian Muslim women from Pakistan, I'm you're so forgetting her name. But you can find multiple example of so many women that have been working in, uh, Sumaya Faruqi, she is an Akhwani woman, Akhwani Muslim woman. So you see in Afghanistan, they have been war for so many years, but still she is one of the top most team leader of robotics. And robotics is uh, a male dominant technology. Most of the men's are only in robotics. Then there is a 90 years old woman, that is Bilkis Dadi, who came up when in India there was a citizenship law being introduced, so she came up and she took the campaign in her hand and she was named hundred most influential Asian woman by Time magazine by um, BBC so she is a 90 years old Muslim woman and she has taken the lead so that means that Muslim women have given the potential and they are being given potential by the societies are leading roles in every kind of um, you know, every kind of uh, how would I say this that in every field that they are being given chance of like um if i would tell you there has been um sorry so there was a Baat al khatib um yeah if i remember her name she's from syria and that why i'm naming these places and why i'm recalling these places that if you recall see people assume that syria Afghanistan, these are places that are in war, they might not have enough opportunity. And still, Wad Al Khatib was named 100 Influential Asian Women, and she is a filmmaker. So, these are 100 and examples Nadine Ashraf from Egypt, she is a campaigner. There's Nasreen Alwan from Iraq, she now lives in UK, she is a public health expert. So there are a lot and lot of women who have been, you know, not only proving themselves, but also they are proving the fact that Asian Muslim women can excel in every field where they can put their mind into. So yeah, and the second thing that you asked me that the development of Muslim women now and in past, so I would say, of course, in past. When there wasn't enough technology, when people uh, were not even, uh, you know, uh, acknowledged of what is happening in the world, there wasn't social media, there wasn't media. There could be a fact that people did not know about each other in past. But even then, there were Muslim women in past who proved themselves, right? So one of, if you might remember, there was a book uh, in. Um, um, let me remember its name um, uh, if she was Tu I remember she was Tipu Sultan um, niece and she was a British spy if I might remember the name uh, it was um, sorry I'm totally forgetting the name but still she was uh, she, w- she was a spy for British uh, forces in France and later she was killed by France but she proved to be one of the most brave Muslim women in history, right? So, as like these, we have so many cases, we have so many cases there have been Muslim women who have worked in art, who have worked in healthcare and they have, you know, they have uh, less legacy they have left a legacy for other Muslim women to follow. If I would tell you, when before when the medical profession started, it was male-dominated profession. Not lot of women were allowed to enter the field of medicine, right? So the first Muslim woman who was entered into medical school in the United States was from India. She was uh, sorry. Uh, was, yeah, uh, She was from India, she was a South Asian Muslim woman. So like these, there are so many women who are contributing to produce models of femininity, who are producing models of leadership, of how ma- leadership could be in the world, and these are legends these are legends who have set pace for the future muslim women now if you tell me, ask me about current states yeah of course there has been muslim women in currently who are there who are serving their community just i named few for you Then there is Salah al-Amiri, she is Minister of Advanced Technologies. Like you know these are the fields often that are being associated with men in our society that people think okay these are the things that men are going to take like governorship, like, like leadership programs, engineering, technology, but these are the women Who have made their places in these fields, despite of all the hindrances that they have felt? They might have, they have overcome these uh, hindrances in the life. So I guess, if I if I would have to say like what was happening to Muslim women in past or what is being happening to Muslim women in future, I don't see there has been much difference difference there has been Muslim women in past who were proving themselves and there are Muslim women in future as well who are proving themselves. Just we have to find the right role models. Often because we the social Western media or the people yes please. Yeah. So one of the Muslim women that I really look up to and you know she could be one of the best examples of how see the how west see muslim woman in covering and you can search her up her name is iman ghalib al Hamdi. she is a full covered muslim woman from yemen and what does she do she is microgrid manager so see the muslim women that are even covered are not only proving themselves into different fields but they are actually proving themselves in the field that are considered male dominating another muslim woman that just came to my mind is moisser abdul ehit Hindan she is a Uyghur Muslim so what does she do she is actually bringing the issue of Uyghur Muslim what has been happening to Uyghur Muslim in China she was one of the Muslim that has brought these issues to the world then there is uh, Safa Kumari Safa Kumari is from Syria and why I am naming all these women because when you think of these places Yemen Syria Afghanistan Iraq Pakistan what does come to your mind? War, terrorism, people dying, pe- bomb blast. But despite all these diff- uh, difficult circumstances, despite all these hard, um, you know, uh, situations, these women are yet was able to prove themselves. They were able to come as competitive as any man or any woman in the West that are living in such peaceful life, right? So if given the circumstances, if these women are giving that much chance that are being given to the women in West, or I would say men in West, they are going to prove themselves much more worthy what they have done right now. So there is one more uh, Muslim woman, Safa Kumari. She is a plant um, virologist. She's working on plant virology. Like currently, if you see that the world has been working on plantation, on working different how to make different, make different kind of forests and we are talking about global warming. So she is one of the important aspects of science, working in forestation and plantation. Then there is Laila Usmani. So Laila Usmani is from Afghanistan and she is activist. She is an artist and activist as well. So if there are so many names, so many names, if I, you will tell me, I will keep coming out with them. And these are all the women that have proved themselves in any field that they can. You know, they are worthy of their um, of their potential, and they have been working great, and they are being acknowledged by the world. So I I think this is one of the examples that when people think there has been a lot of oppression for women in Islam in Asian Muslim countries, so you can always give these examples. One of the examples that recently came to my mind from Indonesia was Salsabilia khair Sal Sabilia Salsabilia Sal is an environmental campaigner. So in Indonesia, if you might hear that they have different kind of rainforest. So she has been working on environment. On You know, uh, uh, Indonesia has only one kind of Portuguese monkeys, right, if you have heard. Um, So she has been working on that. So there have been a lot of women in biology, in physics, in chemistry. I was making this report today on um, current issues and then I remember there was a one legendary scientist and physicist, Dr. Samira Musa. She was assassinated in 1952 by Musaad but she was such an excellent muslim scientist she worked on inventing a metal that could be much more cheaper than uranium and could give the same result as uranium and where was she from egypt and when you are thinking in mind you're thinking like whenever i am talking about these countries people are always saying the media is always saying that they are killing their women, they are beating them up but this is not the case in 1952, Samira Musa, uh, you know, Samira Musa was able to come up with the formula to serve her country and there are a lot of, um, one of the fact, one of the women that came to my mind was Sanya Nishtha. Sanya Nishtha was actually an employee of Google and then she gave resignation this year from Google and came back to her country, Pakistan, to start a Silicon Valley. So these are the women and they are serving their countries. They are coming back to serve their countries. Um, so yeah, there are so many Muslim women. And then one special woman that I want to mention is two special women that I would meant to, want to mention. And I would like to tell you that when we are thinking of disabilities and people with disabilities, right? So we are thinking that people with disabilities might uh, are not much, um, uh, you know, are not given equal opportunities or equal chances in Asian Muslim countries, and especially when you are talking about women, that is more smaller group. So people are thinking that what a woman with disability might be able to do in Asian Muslim community, right? But there is one case of Gulnaz Guzbaiva. Gulnaz B- Guzbahiva is from Kyrgyzstan and she is an activist of disability. She is a disabled activist and she is educating world about disabled people. One another person that came to my mind was Khansa Maria. Khansa Maria has recently won Rhodes Scholarship. You know Rhodes Scholarship are most prestigious scholarships to go in Oxford. So Khansa Maria is a Pakistani Bahraini student and she is working on current affairs. She wants to pursue her masters in, um, you know, work bureaucracy and government works. And she will be joining Oxford this year. And she is a disabled person. She is um, visually disabled person. So you see, I see these women and I get amazed. I get amazed for what they're doing, how they're proving themselves and how much potential they hold within themselves so it's amazing
0: to see all these women. And these are yeah. very uh, inspiring uh, stories that you're sharing because it seems that the list goes on and on and they're very new to a lot of us who does not keep up to such a uh, news but you know it's always your podcast uh, and your uh, YouTube is going to be so important because you're going to feature and explain and give a uh, visibility uh, these women and uh, this group, as a group, and also as an individual. Um, How do you see that, um, you know, because we're talking about uh, the news media has not been uh, representing um, women or Muslim women well, because you're saying, oh, we are not seen as, we should not be seen as oppressed, suppressed, oppressed. Uh, by the men you know because women are, are able and they have the, they have the freedom to to choose and the freedom to pursue education and career etc so on, on your side how can this be made more visually uh, represented uh, in the new tech media I should say social media because you know we are not in this big conglomerate uh, MNC, that, you know, can take on TV time but from the social media perspective, what else can be done uh, to give visibility?
1: You know, just things like these, things like organising these people, things on working them, things on interviewing them, Mm. doing podcasts with them, posting about them, searching about them. Instead of making assumption, and I, I, always think, and I always do for my lot of my um, a big part of my life. I was always thinking that why we do not see much of the Muslim women or men that have been excelling in the world in the media, and why is not media portraying them, highlighting them? And then th- I thought about it, and I thought that nobody is going to do this for you. You have to go. You have to take the step for yourself, right? you have to move on you have if you have potential you have to show the world so of course nobody is going to put you or spoon feed you and i i know that muslims are being pushed they are being controlled they are being put so much uh, emphasized on and every step that you do is being uh, you know put in such an haphazard way or is being tarnished in such a way that they start to make you bad people but what you have to do, you don't have to care about all these things. You know, with every bad thing, there is an opportunity. So what I believe that the opportunity that the Muslim and especially Asian Muslims are being given and especially the Asian Muslim women are being given that now when everyone they, when they are assuming that we, we, are, we are people who aren't spotlighted around, right? People, like in France recently, sorry, not France, the Netherlands recently said that, uh, you know, Muslim women are being in Wales, they are being oppressed, we should do something for them. Now is the time for Muslim women to come and yeah. come on social media and represent themselves and like say, like, hey, I'm a Muslim woman, I am working, I am doing a podcast maybe, I am a doctor, I was practicing, I traveled to another country, I have visited so many countries in my life, nobody oppressed me, nobody told me anything. Nobody <laughs> have put restriction on me. So, which Muslim woman are you talking about? And I then think, I think after
0: speaking to you, nobody dare to say that they're gonna oppress a Muslim woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they have uh, they have the ability to fight back. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So you know that I, I believe, I, 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 believe. Get, I know what you
0: mean. Is like we don't put on this uh, uh, slogan, uh, uh, this idea that they are the victim. Because being being seen as the victim I think does a lot of damage also. Just like yeah. if you're in a school, in a class, you keep talking about this group of people, they're the victim, you know, it, it gives you a lot of uh, uh it gives you a lot of things, baggages and burdens in the mind as a person. To be always called out like they are the victim. They're always being like seen as one. So it, it gives it harder for them to kind of break up break away from that kind of glass ceiling. It's, the, it's as if there's this glass ceiling and this glass wall that is being put on you.
1: Um, am I right to say that? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That now is the, not the time to be a victim. Now is not the time to even get that victim ideology on yourself. Start okay, fighting. it. Start telling. Start educating them. Start teaching good. them. And start speaking back to them. Like tell them like what made you assume that we are victims here? What made you assume that we can be oppressed? After speaking you know, to you, I know that
0: you... Okay, let's not let's not fight with uh, Dr. Ayman because she's one woman who's going to speak
1: up. Exactly. So, you know, I always assume and I always say that become that hardcore a badass person that people don't expect you to be and fight the norms that they have associated with you so next time when they are thinking that oh the Muslim woman and then they will think of you and like okay no I was assuming something I was maybe stereotyping so always tell them that and and I also would like
0: to interject here like if you come to Singapore and because you have been here to Singapore uh, and if you, the general world, has uh, been to Singapore, you'll know that uh, there are different uh, Muslim uh, women in all walks of the sector. You know, you've got teachers, you've got bankers, you've got investors. And uh, my friend, she's uh, you know, she's in America. She's an investor herself. Um, she's a real estate investor. She's doing very well. Really intelligent. That she builds her own uh, business up on her own without any help. You know. Um, I mean, there are lots of intelligent women who uh, I, should, I should think that uh, the world shouldn't see it as um, uh, too segmented. It's the same, right? You talk about the Asian Muslim woman. what about um, the Chinese looking woman like me? You know, when I go somewhere, people will think that, hey, maybe you open a restaurant, maybe you know dumplings is <laughs> about Chinese fried rice. Oh, <laughs> you know, so it's like um, there is always a lot of stereotyping but I think, like what you said uh, rightly, I think the world has given the democratization of the internet or the democratization of technology has given access uh, more than ever before that people have this opportunity to actually show the world uh, you know, the who they are, what they are and demystifying a lot of things that the world has misconception due to misinformation or there's no information, you know. And I think that uh, the past whereby uh, misinformation or no information or the information was being distilled by a particular channel um, can start to break down these walls and these uh, unseen borders. Um, And I think I'd like to commend you, Dr. Ayman, for your podcast. And I hope to um, visit your podcast and your videos, you know, that, you know, you have a wonderful platform that you can invite all these uh, wonderful people that you've spoken to be on your platform, so that you know you can share with the rest of the world. And uh, for myself, um, you know, I hope to share a lot of uh, demystification of a lot of concepts. Uh, Muslim women, women, um, and even for Asian women like myself, you know, the Oriental person. I call myself yeah. the Oriental, you know. Not, not, not all Oriental women are the same, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not all, 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 all and not all Asian women or Chinese-looking women are the same. And not all Chinese-looking women opens restaurants. <laughs> no, like do are, the noodles, you You're are not the person who does the noodles or do the dumplings
1: or the fried rice <laughs> that, That's why I you are an Asian woman and I am an Asian woman We are both different in our physique, in our yeah. colour, in our hairs And we yeah. both represent Asia, you are not more Asian than me or I am not more Asian than you We are both part of Asia yeah. So that's, I want people to just stop this stereotype when they think of Asian women, they'll start thinking a Chinese woman of, of round face or maybe the small height. No, they could be Chinese women. I know Chinese women who have long heights as well because they were mixed. They were mixed from an Australian race. So any person who lives in Asia, who uh, identify themselves as Asian, they are an Asian person, yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, and, I, and I think,
0: and I think you've started on a very wonderful journey, and is on the right footing. And uh, you know, I, I don't, would like to thank you so much. But I would like to welcome you again to be my guest uh, to talk about life, uh, you know. And I would like to uh, you to share more other examples. And I'm really looking forward to your podcast. Um, and and you know, I would like to extend my uh, my invitation to the world anyone uh, would like to talk about yourself, Asian Muslim woman, a Muslim, a woman, or an Asian, the way that we dissect it, you know, I welcome you to be here to actually demystify this for the world. Um, and I definitely would like to, the world to know that I don't open a restaurant <laughs> of noodles. <laughs> Thank you so much Dr. Ayman, do you have the final two uh, minutes to spare to conclude um, for us? So yeah, I
1: would just say thank you so much Vicky for having me and and I would like to say that uh, people need to stop stereotyping and stop assuming what they see through media. They have to investigate and research from themselves and if you want to learn more about what Asian Muslim women or Asian Muslims have been doing in particular, you can always visit my podcast. You can always visit my social media pages. That is Yabanjik, Yabangeekizim. Y A B A N G E E K I Z I M. We are on every social media platform. And if you want to talk, if you want to have a dialogue on assumption about Asian Muslim women, then you can always come, and we can always talk together. And look okay, at the can description show- below
0: and click below. Thank you so much, Dr. Ayman, and uh, thank you for your support and uh, let's support each other and let's keep the conversation going. Um, I think it is all in the right spirit and in the all right uh, direction that the world should be emphasising of understanding of differences or understanding of uh, the diversity, I should say, the diversity and then appreciating the diversity. Thank you so much, Um, uh, welcome you back again and stay safe while you're in Pakistan and enjoy your time with your family. It's Not a... Uh, uh, um, the world is really seeing the very difficult times and let's uh, pray for the world that we will all emerge this back to normalcy and safety once again. Thank you so much for your work, um, for the pandemic in the hospitals. Uh, we will hope that uh, we can talk about that again and revisit that case again. Thank you so much. Bye bye Vicky, take care. Thank you. Uh, we'll keep in touch via the via the text yes. thank you it's been wonderful having you we would like to welcome you again thanks bye bye, bye. bye.